2: So the Stanley Cup champions will have a new coach in the fall, Barry Trotz, resigning today as head coach of the Washington Capitals. He was there four seasons, won 205 games, but a lot of reports about uh, contract negotiations breaking down. So uh, he has stepped down the last time. The Stanley Cup winning coach said, I'm not coming back, Scotty Bowman with Detroit back in 2002. World Cup today, Sweden over South Korea 1-0. England with a late goal to beat Tunisia 2-1. Belgium shut out Panama 3-0. According to the CFL transaction log, six members of the, or pardon me, four members of the Edmonton Eskimos have gone on the six-game injured list. They are offensive lineman Tommy Draheim, defensive lineman Mike Moore, linebacker Adam Konar, and returner Jamel Smith. Joining the Eskimos today, newly signed defensive lineman Rakeem Cox. Played five games with Saskatchewan last year. Offensive lineman Calvin Palmer, who was uh, with the Eskimos in training cap, and Travis Bond. Offensive lineman, former CFL All-Star with Winnipeg, he was released by Saskatchewan after training camp. Ryan Marsh, former assistant coach with the Edmonton Oil Kings, now hired on as the associate coach of the Saskatoon Blades. All the best to Ryan as he pursues that role. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. You can always get a hold of me by texting 630, 630. The phone number 780-496-0063, and you can email Inside Sports at six. 630 On Friday, NHL draft coverage will start at 4. We'll keep going until the Oilers make their pick at 10th overall. Uh, likely That'll likely be around 630, which is when the countdown to kickoff is scheduled to start anyway. Then the uh, pregame show for the Eskimos and the Tiger Cats, and then that game will start at 8, Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Once again, now only a week in, the West looking stronger than the East. There were three East-West matchups In Week 1, the West team won all three, so the only West-West game was won by uh, Edmonton over Winnipeg. Ottawa didn't play. Ottawa will host Saskatchewan on Thursday. We'll see if an East team can get a win there. Looks like the uh, West is going to be very good again. All right. Derek Laxtall, former Edmonton Oil Kings coach. He spent the last four years in the AHL with the Texas Stars oh so close last week. Went to Game 7 of the Calder Cup final against the Toronto Marlies, but the Marlies pulled it out. To discuss that, Derek, welcome back to the show. How are you doing?
0: Not too bad. Reed, how are you this evening?
2: I'm doing very well. It's, it's great to talk to you, Derek. We spoke just before... The AHL playoffs started, the Calder Cup playoffs, and now we speak just a few days after they ended. You guys were in them right to the very end. I, I remember talking to you before your first round series against Ontario, and, and you seemed confident, but, uh, but, but not cocky. I mean, you, you knew what your team had to do, and I kind of thought, you know, I think Derek sees some good things in his team here. Uh, he just has to make sure that he can get it out of them. When you look back on the, on the playoff run now, uh, you know, was, was, was my instinct uh, correct at the time? Or how do you look back on this journey through the postseason?
0: Well, if you look back on it, it's really funny. You know, we just we squeaked in on the playoffs in the last uh, two and a half, three weeks of the regular season, but our team was coming together. We, we really started to buy into our identity, and we really started to grow some confidence of the way we played. And you know, we weren't a fancy team. We weren't a, a grinding team. We were kind of an in between, but we had 20 guys every night that just uh, put their nose to the grindstone. And just competed and I think once once we got that first win and went up one nothing against Ontario, they got five guys back from L.A. and then uh, we went in there and won game three in their building uh, I know talking to the guys they felt this would be special now obviously we had to get through a very good team in Tucson and a uh, hell of a team in Rockford uh, to get to the finals and then uh, you saw we faced off to get to the finals but I think once we got halfway through that first round our, our guys really started to believe you know, this wasn't just going to be a first-round you know, exit or a second-round exit. We felt that we had a legit chance.
2: Well, and you go all the way to Game 7, and, I mean, look, we've, we saw you here in Edmonton coach Game 7s with the Oil Kings, and, uh, you know, a couple went your way, a couple didn't, but obviously the, the score in Game 7 turned out to be a tough one, but you guys battled back. You know, you won Game 6 on the road to uh, to prolong it. When you look at that seventh game, Derek, um, and obviously credit to Toronto, but, you know, where did that one get away from you a bit? Well, you
0: know what, we, uh, we started real well. We hit a post right off the hops, and we had a great uh, great a scoring chance there right after that, and Sparks made a couple of big saves to keep them close. And then we had a turnover on the first goal uh, by a, a young Rupee Hicks turnover over inside the blue line. They stung us to go up one nothing, and we were fine. We were we were comfortable playing down one, and then they caught us late at the end of the period. I thought they were a great end-of-the-period team. I thought they really had great pressure in all the games they played us, and uh, we had a breakdown on a D-zone entry where they stung us, but, don't give them credit, when we made mistakes, they uh, they capitalized. So we're down 2 nothing, and we were fine. And uh, we got in the second period at Dylan Heatherton, missed a wide open net. Uh, we were pushing, we had some great looks, and then uh, we had a call that didn't go our way. It was a hand on the puck in the crease, should have been called a goal, or at least a penalty shot. So our guys kept battling, I think it was 2-1, or it was 2 nothing going into the third period. And then they got that third goal. We had a turnover by a young defenseman John Nyberg and better blue line to three nothing, and we had to press from there. Uh, we got it to three one. So basically, when I look at it, it was a three one game. They got a couple breaks on a, uh, they got an empty net goal and a couple late ones. But uh, Toronto was a heck of a team. Uh, very uh, very deep, four and a half five line deep. Great backhand, mobile, and they had pretty talented goaltending. So uh, at the end of the day, they, it was well deserved by Toronto. But our guys gave it a great effort against Game
2: Seven. Texas Stars coach Derek Laxtall joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, of course, he's uh, been there for the last four seasons, was with your Edmonton Oil Kings before that, led them to a Memorial Cup. Uh, Derek, give me a sense of, you know, obviously, you know, I'm looking over your roster here. You got a variety of uh, ages, some guys late 20s, early 30s, but uh, some prospects as well. Anybody, uh, a name or two that uh, might be going up to the big team here soon that, that really took some big steps this season?
0: Well, one one player that uh, is is going to probably get a pretty good shot right out of training camp is Rookie Um uh, Now he didn't have a great final round, but I, I thought he hit the wall after the final against Rockford. But he's a six foot three centerman that can absolutely fly passes and shoots the puck like an NHLer. Um, he's going to have probably a little bit of a learning curve getting NHL, but he's going to be an exciting player if he steps into Dallas's roster next year. Uh, Jason Dickinson, who we've had for three years, he was a part of that Guelph team we beat in the finals of the Memorial Cup. you know probably in as a third-line winger or centerman. And then Remy Elliott, the year for the Dallas Stars, came down and played the post with us. And he had to back probably fill for. Um After that, we had a couple of exciting uh, young free agents, American Hockey League players. Uh, Sheldon Dries, who had 19 goals in the regular piece and then 10 goals um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets off an NHL contract by the Dallas Stars, and he plays some time next year for the Dallas Stars. He came out of Western Michigan. Um, he's an absolute motor. He plays hard, skates, and shoots. He's got an NHL shot. Uh, reminds you a lot of like Daniel Cleary, with a little bit more offensive upside. So he's going to have a real good look next year. And he's a, uh, you know he's become a, a young prospect for us uh, moving forward. And the other guy, Joel Esperance, who we signed out of uh, I believe Michigan Tech at the end of the season. He played very well for us in the third, fourth-line role and scored a big overtime winner to clinch a series against Tucson. And he played very well down a stretch, six-foot-three six center, the skates well, and is heavy on the puck. And he uh, reminds you of a lot of a young Jay Beagle that I had in Idaho
2: uh, years back. And it, uh, and the steelheads back in the BCHL. Derek, you, you mentioned that you, you added some players from the NCAA relatively late in the season, and that happens in the American Hockey League. And, and you guys were, were trying to get into the playoffs, and you wind up going deep, which is which is great. But these new guys coming in, they are going to probably change or maybe even replace the roles that other players already have. How, how do you handle that as a coach? That that can probably be a really touchy situation.
0: Yeah, it can be really touchy, here, Reed, but one of the things we do is we talk about embracing these players as family members before they even step on the ice. And, and our guys know if, if you're a family member anybody can do any sort of job and, uh, that's asked upon. Um, and we had a few guys that uh, actually didn't play very much, but one player, Joel Esperance, came in as a free agent and he just kind of took over role. Now, he earned that role a little bit too because he had an injury, so uh, it made it a little bit trickier as we got along going into the playoffs. But uh, most of the guys do a great job of of, bringing the, of, of coming in and accepting these guys as family members. So that being said, it really wasn't too much to handle, and it always makes it easier when you're winning and you
2: win a couple rounds. All right, Derek, you were successful with the Oil Kings. You've done well here with the Texas Stars. You go all the way to Game 7 of the league final. Um, I, you know, I know you want to coach in the NHL someday. I don't know if, if going deep into the American Hockey League hurts your chances of looking for a job in the NHL. Um, you know, I, I know, obviously, uh, this can be a delicate question if you are looking at stuff, but can you give fans any sense of, uh, of next season or, or any opportunities here for you?
0: Well, you know, we just got finished last about three days ago. So obviously, if there's a, uh, you know, obviously I want to coach in the National Hockey League. And, you know, right now, most of the jobs have been filled. But uh, usually around the draft, everything kind of sorts itself out here. And, you know, heading down the draft, if any team wants to talk to you or, or, or you know, have a meeting with you, that'll kind of uh, set itself up moving forward. But no, definitely, uh, you know, with the success of the, of the Calder Cup you here going to Game 7, you want to be relevant. You want to be in the conversation. And obviously, you know, winning a Memorial Cup and a couple of Western League titles and the ECHL title and, and getting to the Calder Cup Finals uh, really helps your, your chances of getting to the National Hockey League. But, you know, that being said, you gotta you got to find someone where there's a match and uh, someone who wants you, and you just kind of got to play it by ear. But fortunately, I've got a two-year extension here with the Texas Stars. And if it's not this year, then uh, hopefully it comes next year. But uh, that's definitely my goal, Reed, is to get to the National Hockey League.
2: Derek, you're always a pleasure to talk to. Uh, I still got to congratulate you on the season, even though I know you wanted that one more win. It was fun to follow your team. Hopefully I'll get to see you at the draft, Derek. All right, sounds good, Reed. Looking forward to seeing there, and uh, appreciate the time. No problem. That is Derek Laxdahl checking in tonight, head coach of the Texas Stars. Of course, you knew him well when he coached the Edmonton Oil Kings a few years ago, helped them win the Memorial Cup. He will be on an NHL bench someday. I'm sure he'll start as an assistant somewhere. He's done too well at too many different levels of hockey not to get that opportunity. But as he kind of said, that's the catch-22. You, you take your team deep into the AHL playoffs, and while you're doing that, up until June 14th, other positions are getting filled. But uh, Derek will do just fine, I'm sure. He's been very good. It is 7.17. It's Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad Morley Scott will check in, and then he has Jason Moss with him after the 7.30 news.
1: This is Mike Riley from Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30. Chet.
2: Inside Sports World Cup All-Star Team. Two players named to it so far, Nacho and Lukaku. Nacho and Lukaku. Morley Scott joins us in the studio. You will not be a member of the team. I hope not. <laughs>
1: Although I like nachos. That's great. Yeah. Nacho, where? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nacho turned to win. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, thank you.
2: Well, you you Tired, and Dave, you and Dave Campbell, <clears throat> I should say this Face to face on air, I I obviously said it on Friday. You and Dave Campbell did an amazing job on that
1: unpredictable extended broadcast. Of the Blue Bombers Eskimos game on Thursday night. I thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was it was an interesting time for sure. I mean, to have to n- without knowing all of a sudden have uh, a 90 minute break thrown at you that you have to fill, and then you think you're done it, and then 10 minutes later they throw another 90 minute break at you to fill again. So yeah, yeah it was a it was an eight hour broadcast. It was kind of cool, especially now that it's over. Uh, looking back at it, it was uh, it was a pretty neat night morning.
2: Now, were you ever worried for your safety? And I mean, look, I
1: know you were Well, Dave was getting hungry. Did you ever think? (laughs) I'll tell you what, uh, for me, I was starving at the end of the game. That's for sure. Well, yeah, didn't anybody
2: bring you guys a slice of pizza?
1: No, I was going to bug the commissioner a little bit because he was at the big delay in Hamilton last year on Labor Day, and apparently he bought pizza for the press box, but we got nothing from the commissioner. That is a long time to go without eating. Yeah, How did you do that? There's a pregame meal, but I don't usually partake in it. Because uh, I don't, I, I don't. If I get it filled up too yep. much, I can't, can't yeah, yell and scream as well. So I don't, I don't usually partake in it, or I'll nibble on it a little bit. They couldn't have
2: brought you something.
1: I had, yeah. The
2: Eskimos or Bombers PR staff couldn't have brought
1: you. I know. I was looking at the, I was looking at a monitor, and I saw that uh, those little rice cakes with peanut butter and blueberries. That the Eskimos are, had, yeah. Well, I don't think, man, that looks pretty good. And for a rice cake to look pretty good, you know, guy, yeah, you got to realize for, how hungry you, must you have are. Been really right? hungry. <laughs> yeah. for a rice cake to,
2: to, to <laughs> <Yeah>. look good. <laughs> Uh, a surreal game. I, I, I don't know if, if if you have a number, the number of comebacks by Riley, either fourth quarter or final three minutes. But he just does it over and over again.
1: I mean, even the 2015 Grey Cup, yep. winning points were scored. Well, he was, it was, it was down 14 nothing before he touched the ball in that game. Yeah, that's true. The whole game was a comeback, not just late in the game, right? So, yeah, he's he's magical that way. There's just something about him that allows him to to just take control of the situation, and he did it at 11 points in the last two minutes. 11 points in the last two minutes, including the two-point convert, and sets up another guy who's pretty good late in the game, Sean White, for the winning field goal.
2: Nate Behar made an incredible catch, made another... I, You know, there's that one play Riley scrambled to his left and was in trouble, and he threw it, and the end zone camera looked like it was going to McCarty, mm-hmm. and I think his arm got hit, and it fluttered, and Behar... Wound up catching the ball. I don't know if that was meant for Bahar, but that was another great play by him. But that drive, fourteen plays, ninety yards. Uh, Yes, a couple third down conversions on sneaks where you should get them. But I mean, what they had a second and fifteen right off the hop. I think they had a second and twelve later on in the drive. Yeah, and someone's always coming through. There's no obstacle he
1: can't seem to overcome in those situations. Whatever it is, you know, he just he's so confident. And what you get is. The guys around him are so confident in him and and in turn so confident in themselves to convert on those situations. It's incredible. And and we asked Bahar on the post-game show about, you know, that's that's the first chance he's got to really be in the offense. I mean, he ran two offensive plays all of last season. Other than that, he was just on special teams. And uh, he just said, to be around 13 like that was incredible. And and it was cool. He said, I went up to him on the sidelines and he said, uh, the quote was, I believe, I know you're not used to me being here, but I promise you, I'll be where you need me to be when and you throw me the ball, right? right? And worked out pretty good for him.
2: Oil ten texting in. He's a loyal texter to the show. He says, "I don't know why people are making a big deal on Phil's running putt. He only hurt himself, and even his partner, the big bearded English guy, had a belly laugh." <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing, an oil ten. Good on you for sure. But but someone else texted in earlier. He said, "Hey, it's called the, this other texter said it's called the gentleman's game." You you exactly you, you try not to break the rules, and if you do, you, now you call them on yourself. That was pretty obvious. Yeah, but, but that's what it is. Some people are some. That's why that's why we are talking about oil 10 because some people are laughing at it and saying it's nothing, and some people are saying Phil Mickelson is one of the most famous golfers ever, and he shouldn't do that. Yeah,
1: it's the, the traditionalists that were really upset. Right, really upset. I didn't see it, but I saw on Twitter it sounded like Joe Buck was going after him pretty hard on the broadcast. Um, so I I don't know. I, I'm kind of. He was
2: given the USGA the middle finger. That's, I, all, that's all he's
1: doing. I like the, his thinking to a certain extent, he's saying, if I take the, and to think that through so quickly, he says, I could do this, or, and take the two-stroke penalty, or take four strokes to get it into the hole again.
2: Well, and he was, what I know. said to Ian Leggett, whenever I, if I'm close enough, I see a shot going in the bunker, I'm just going to go up and whack it back toward yeah. the hole, because I've probably taken two to get out of this sand anyway. No, that, it, that's a, that is a fun topic to me, because there, that's that yeah. makes it great. It, there's a wide opinion on
1: it. On that, tomorrow morning on the 6.30 Shed Morning news, Mike Riley on the Tuesday morning quarterback will talk to Ryan King about that exact Oh really? I'm looking
2: forward to that All right. you got Jason Moss coming up? Yes Awesome stuff, every Monday Eskimos Coaches show from 7.30 to 8 here on 6.30 Shed, that's Morley Scott, you also heard from Derek Blackstall, Ian Leggett and Jeff Merrick you missed anything, sign up for the Inside Sports Podcast on iTunes or go to the Inside Sports page on 630chad.com. Kellen Kennedy is the studio producer, and the producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. Also, a big thanks to Nacho and Lukaku. My name's Reed Wilkins. See ya.
0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.